Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Welcome to the Poisoner's Cabinet. I'm Sinead. And I'm Nick. And this is your weekly podcast exploring the lives of the great poisoners and macabre murders from across the centuries and creating curious cocktails inspired by the tales that we tell. And it's episode 128. Yes, yes, yes. What's 128? There's not much going on 128. No, it's in the midst of the roaring yeah, 20s. Indeed. It's a thing. It's a number. It's, it's a number that's happened and been and gone so well on us. Marvellous. How are you, Nick? I'm all right. Very good. Yeah. Excellent. Tumbling along. I've noticed my voice is slightly husky this week. Mainly because you were very drunk last night. No, I wasn't. Shut up. So no. you're entirely hungover today. Uh... So you, I, you came in and I said, do you want a drink? And you went, no. And was like, <laughs> that's never happened in 127 episodes. It must have been bad. No, I am I know there's cocktails coming and I'll, I'll, don't worry, I'll get on it again in a minute. I did have to have a Red Bull before I came out, which I may regret a at midnight. vodka Red Bull? No, it was no vodka in it. I was like, what's become of me? I've and never had a Red Bull. You never had a Red in Bull? In my entire life. Not missing much. No. However, I don't have Red Bulls. I had an incident <laughs> where I was in a club and they were like, vodka Red Bulls for a pound. Yeah. Had a few of those, then had a psychotic episode, I oh, think, yeah. at about 6am the next day because I was so full of taurine going, ah, the walls are closing in on me. No, not done that. Not done a vodka Red Bull. But I was in, in a play life. recently and then had a sugar-free one. I was like, oh, that really wakes you up. When I was at uni, people did Pro Plus and Red Bull. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was a night. that either. I'm missing <laughs> out, obviously. <laughs> This is why I was, I'm always asleep at about eight. <laughs> <laughs> All these people at uni who are doing, yeah, let's pro press and Red Bull. And there's another whole team of people going, drugs? Drugs? Maybe just do drugs. Just drugs. Just have some booze. No. <laughs> no, no, no. This is where the real like party's out. the counter medication. <laughs> was that the Christian club that you were part of, perhaps, making your Kris Kringles? Kris Kringles. Is that what they're called? Chris Tingles. Chris Tingles. Chris Kringle is, a, uh, is, a is Santa, isn't he? Yeah. Or, or a, oh no, I'm thinking of Chris Angel. <laughs> Let's all think of people called Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hungover. This is the way my brain is going to go. Any poisonings this week? You, obviously. Yes, my liver. My liver. <laughs> it's gone horribly wrong. It was a theatre social. Drinks were had. Plans were made that I don't remember now. Have you, have you, have you gone hiking yet this morning? Oh, or God, no. No, no, no. You're, we... <laughs> you're on a trip to Europe this afternoon. You've got books. We, we are going to be cycling through Italy. Yep. Going to open a vineyard. It's going to happen. Yeah, yeah now I woke up like, oh, no, no, no to all of that. <laughs> Well, speaking of making strange plans when you're drunk and forgetting about them in the morning, I think it is time for us to thank our delicious Patreon subscribers. Oh, we definitely should, because they've got many plans. They do. They've got so many knitting-based plans. Oh, they do? So we have to say, welcome to I'm Knitting. I'm knitting. I'm knitting. Excellent <laughs> Patreon name. Say your name, not what you're doing at the time. <laughs> I'm, yes, I'm knitting. Now I'm having a cup of tea. If they listen to this while they're knitting, that's meta. Is it? Will the universe implode? <laughs> yes, I think so. Sometimes they knit the future. <laughs> it's like all the threads people pull. <laughs> the threads of life are being knitted together by our patrons. Oh, God. Marvellous. Thank you so much for joining us on Patreon. Thank you to everyone who has upgraded as well. Uh, the existing Patreons who have joined us on the Cyanide Connoisseurs tier. New episodes of Case Files of PC Morris coming out very soon with the weird and wonderful. We had fun over on uh, on Patreon this week. Things were what, said. What happened on Patreon this week? I can't remember. This week we talked oh, no, Samuel, Sa- Green. Samuel Green. That, Samuel that, Green. That was good. It was a romantic story. You see, there's a lot of debate so going on over there. So Samuel Green, th- this horrific serial killer that we're like... Why does no one talk of this? <laughs> but yeah, no, lots of people debating. Did Samuel Green and his friend William, were, uh, they, were they more than just friends? 
theirs was a love that, that dare not speak its name. The prison couldn't contain because they kept breaking each other out. Well, they, William was doing all the work. Yeah, I think. Was doing all the work. Maybe he was the keen one, and Samuel was like, "Oh God, <laughs> I'm, I'm in prison trying to escape all this." <laughs> Oh, yeah. oh, no, I'm in prison with lots of other men. Hooray! <laughs> yeah, if you don't want to know what the hell we're talking about, uh, very good idea to come and join us on Patreon. Completely flexible. You get extra episodes every week, bonus content, and lots of lovely chat. A quick PSA for you guys as well. Next week, we are taking a little tiny break. Uh, mid-season break we need to do some planning for spooky month so there won't be a main episode next week don't worry yes you can come and find us on patreon if you still need that sweet sweet hit of poisonous cabinet <laughs> content but we will be back so just don't panic if you don't see an episode drop we'll talk to you on social media hey, exactly. i'll do a live stream and just go hello poison. <laughs> hey. we also this week have a little promo for you we have a promo from the wonderful podcast swizzle sisters uh, i shall allow it you should because it is a great podcast that's combining cocktail chat expertise around cocktail and sisterhood really informative these girls really know what they're doing have a listen hi this is jen from oregon and rebecca from milwaukee wisconsin and we're the swizzle sisters join us as we discuss craft cocktail technique history recipes and interview some of your favorite people from the craft cocktail scene if you like your cocktails with a side of snark, join us every other Monday on your favorite podcast platform. Or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Hooray! They just did Negroni Week. so Excellent. Well done, New. Good time to go over and follow them on social media and download all their stuff. Well, Nick, are you ready? Ready, ready? Uh, yeah. To drink cocktails and talk about poison? Uh, I think, are you is the question. I think so. <laughs> I think yeah, that's more appropriate this week. Or we could drink poison and talk about cocktails, because I think I've drunk everything else. Yeah, which one are you going with? I'm hoping that we could rustle up a final cocktail before we Just have to resort. the last one. The last one. Okay. As I have drunk, can't be dry. Should we go with the first one? Yeah, okay. Hooray, 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 yay. Well, it is my story this week, but we can't, we can't, we can't possibly have a story without a cocktail in hand. As you know, dear listeners, every week we choose a secret ingredient that is inspired by the tale that we tell, and it will flavour our cocktail of the week. And Nick, mm. this week's secret ingredient is yes. Knickerbocker. Knickerbockers. Oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> so when you messaged that to me, yeah. I was like, big puffy pants. Big puffy pants. And ice cream. Those were the two things I knew about Knickerbockers. That is, yes. And then I Googled it. Okay. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. What I did learned you discover? some things about Knickerbockers. Where it's all come from. What's going on? I was inspired. Oh, great. Tell us what you searched yeah, I know, and found. So they, I did not know. They, it's a name for a New Yorker. Oh, shows what I knew. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's it, an oldie timey name well, yes. for, for New Yorker. The reason being mm. is that Knickerbockers, big puffy pants. Big puffy pants. Originally Dutch. There was a book written by Washington Irving. Lovely. A man of, who wrote Sleepy Hollow called like, The History of New York or something like that. Um, <laughs> it was it was like it was like a, meant to be like a history of, of New York and he wrote it under a pseudonym of Dietrich Knickerbocker. Um, <laughs> because it was all about amazingly, like the original Dutch settlers and all this sort of stuff yeah. who wore Knickerbockers. Mm. And then through this book it became known it became like colloquially known as like Knickerbocker's Guide. Right. Um, and then all the people in New York who wanted to trace their ancestry back to the original Dutch settlers and seem really fancy. Yeah. Started no- referring to themselves as Knickerbockers. Because they could trace their ancestry back to the original original settlers. This, this is interesting. Yeah. Eventually, it became a generalised term for New Yorky things. And the yeah. big puffy pants. And the big puffy pants. So it all, I was like, I don't know any of that. Google has some good shit going on. Also, yeah. we should clarify uh, to the couple of people, somebody mentioned on Instagram, about what a Knickerbocker glory is. It's not a euphemism or prison speak. <laughs> Because now you'd mention it, you kind of go, Knickerbocker Glory. Oh, it really does sound like something dodgy. No, it's an ice cream it's sundae. Ice cream. It's a, it's like a big sundae. And you, I, I, do they not have them? They must have no, them in they, America. No, they are American. They, they are. They are. They were designed because in, again, 80, late 1800s, there was a big <laughs> hotel in New York called Knickerbocker Grand. The hotel itself was coloured like a, a cream and pale pink was the ah. facade of the hotel. And it closed in the 1920s and someone developed this ice cream mm-hmm. or came up with this in honour of this grand 
hotel and yeah. that's why it's got the vanilla and the like raspberry Strawberry ripple and, and, and stuff yeah. like that in the sort of pinky creamy colors of the hotel so that's where the knickerbocker glory comes from and the and the sunday is famously large that when oh, it's you, huge you yes. need a special spoon you need a very special spoon a long spoon <laughs> and a long spoon and towering yeah. you need a scaffolding oh, yeah. nuts and cream and oh. sauces and all sorts of exciting things anyway so, so all of that <laughs> so with all of that inspiration you've set it up well the knickerbocker what have you come up with we're having a knickerbocker Okay, <laughs> there's actually one called. There's actually, there's a few. And Ooh. again, not just like recent, oh, Knickerbocker, let's be trendy. Yeah. The original recipe, 1862. Bloody hell. For the Knickerbocker. This um, is marvellous. People thought it was named after the hotel, but the hotel wasn't built until 40 years later. Ah. So it was before the hotel. So no before one quite hotel. knows where it came from. Um, but yeah, it's in all the early Hooray. books in Savoy's Guide and all these sort of things. Awesome. Um, so yeah, we're having a Knickerbocker. Knickerbocker. I- Knickerbocker. It's a word that can go very wrong. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, I think it is high time for us to walk with our puffy pants into the poisonous cabinet kitchen and shake up a storm. So we'll see you in a minute. We'll see you in a bit. And we're back. Hello. Well, Nick, we have our Knickerbocker. Mm. Mm. Now, it does look quite Sunday esque. It does. Yeah. I was you know, hoping it'd be more vivid in colour. It's pretty. It it's pretty. What, what colour would you call it? So it's kind of like verging on the brown? Verging on the brown. I was hoping for a more red. Yes, it's sort of got a peachy tone yeah, to I it. I think I may have put too much crushed ice, potentially, oh, okay. and it's diluted it. One of the beautiful, almost Sunday-style glasses, yeah. actually, and loads of crushed ice and a little little straw, so it's going to be straw. a noisy, noisy one. <laughs> I'm kind of, I don't know why, in my head, because obviously you've explained it, that this is a classic one. I'm like, oh, is it going to taste like a Knickerbocker Glory? That it wouldn't have been invented before the building, so... <laughs> it, so came no. along, it came along much long before the ice cream. Should we just have ice cream? <laughs> Let's just have a big pile of ice cream. Yeah, we'll get an ice cream delivery in a bit. Okay, okay, I'm excited. It's a long mm. drink and hopefully it won't kill me. So let's see what happens. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Merry Christmas. Oh, I'm dripping everywhere. Oh, no. Hmm, <laughs> I like that. Good. I think. You think? I, th- I think so. I don't know. It's, it's got, it's sharp but sweet, which is always a nice combination. Mm. Yeah. That's For a long a... summery drink. Can the, as I the summer that's... dies, we're yeah. literally on the edge of summer. We now. really are, yeah, absolutely. It's, mm. it's interesting. Yeah. Was there grenadine in this? No. Then I just drank something. <laughs> I feel, mm, yeah. It's, oh, I like that. I don't know if I could guess what's in it, though. It's got a fruit. I'll tell you what, there's something new. <gasps> new? Um, um, is, it, is, it, is it a kind of fruit? It is a fruity-based thing. It's a fruity-based thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's got a nice, it, it's got quite a sweetness to it. But it's sharp and it was quite refreshing, actually. I might down that. Because <laughs> I'm thirsty because I'm hungover. But also I'm like, oh, uh, booze. Booze. Tell me everything, okay. Nick. So, well, we have a base of rum. R- yeah. We are starting with some rum. Good. Then we have have a hint of Cointreau, but a, only mm. a smattering of the Cointreau. Yeah, yeah. We have some lime juice. Delicious. Bit of, that's where the, bit of sharpness is. But we have a raspberry syrup. Yay! We have some raspberry. Raspberry. In there. It helped towards a sort of reddy colour, mm. but not as much as I would have hoped. So the raspberry, is that shambles? No, no, it's actually just a raspberry syrup. It's just a non-alcoholic. Non-alcoholic syrup. Ooh, okay. Raspberry syrup. That's what I just drank. But yeah, probably. Yep. <laughs> so what I, what I did, so when it came out sort of quite brownie, I did sort of thought, oh, I'll do like a little drizzly thing of the syrup to try and get some like redness going on. Yep. Didn't really work with the colour, but now you just get big lumps of raspberry. <laughs> I think it's because it's sunk to the bottom and then Sorry. that's why my straw is not smooth. So yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, but that's yeah. what that's, we get a lot of sweetness oh and Oh my goodness. And that from. does, it, it sort of sits in with the, the Knickerbocker Glory. It absolutely does, indeed. And not letting that go, apparently. No, 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 no it, it absolutely surely does. Whether that was in the minds of the people who then developed the ice cream. Yeah, oh, that's tasty. Yeah, it's good. I like that, and yeah. a classic. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. There's also the Knickerbocker Martini, <gasps> which was developed a bit later, but still like 1904 that one came out. Is it a martini? It is a martini, but it is a gin, gin martini, but with dry vermouth and sweet vermouth. Okay. So it's got the two vermouths in there with gin and then shaken. Uh, no, no, uh, yeah, it's shaken that one. It is shaken reason. rather they, than stirred. They, they, they shake that one. That one's specified as, as shaken. Interesting. On that one, so there's a martini and there's a knickerbocker special as Whoa. well. All so all three these three came out around <laughs> the same, same sort of time, and the knickerbocker special is much like this, but it's also got pineapple and orange. 
wow juice in it as well so it makes it yeah, a really more of a fruity. tiki sort of fruity thing going mm, on yeah um oh. i'm not a fan of a huge fan of pineapple so i didn't make that that's perfectly that's delicious lovely. refreshing drink I'm, I'm really glad that knickerbocker worked out because i thought that was a pun <laughs> i thought you were going to throw stuff at me it's important to the story Excellent. for reasons well, that back will up soon was become a big clear. ice cream but then i found these and thought, well, look. wow what a resounding success Hooray. Hooray. well we've learned something we have a drink in hand are you ready for a story nick Oh, go on then. Yay. This is a good one. It is a listener suggestion. Mm -hmm. We are, appropriately enough, going to New York. That would seem to make sense. Yes. We are going to for a nice, juicy scandal. At the end of the 19th century, so... It's all working out very well so far. 1897 to 1898. Mm -hmm, yeah. Jack the Ripper has moved. No, it's not. It's not Jack the Ripper. Yes. He's moved into ice creams. He's moved... <laughs> His diabolical scheme. <laughs> oh, maybe he did invent the Knickerbocker glory with the blood <laughs> running through it. <laughs> That's ruining people's childhood. Sorry. But you should expect from this story some feuds, some bitter feuds. Strong men. Weightlifting. Nice. Uh, Knickerbockers. Fantastic. Gossip. Nice. Poison. Of course. And a landmark ruling. A landmark? I mean, who doesn't love a landmark ruling? I know. I put it at the end of <laughs> yeah, the list and went, yeah. that's, yeah, that's you a bit really, You really building up to that, weren't you? <laughs> it is very important to the legal system, this case. Oh, good. In that's, a what, fun that's, way. that's what I love, things that are important to the legal system. <laughs> that's what I live for. I know. Maybe I've built this up too much. I yeah. find it interesting. You're, get to the you're, end. you're a notorious love, love for the legal system. Indeed. The limited <laughs> bit that I know. <laughs> well, we are going to go to New York. So let us meet... The Molyneux family. Molyneux? The Molyneux family, this story I was researching, then clicked on a link within it to kind of go, let me just check that. And then another story emerged. And then there were more stories. I was like, I only have so much time <laughs> to do this. But well done to the people who guessed this story as well. There yes, was one person who so jumped right in with it. And it is a great story. So the Molyneux family, they are pretty distinguished. Let's well, just say. Like a fancy name. Here they are. They are of Brooklyn, New York. Uh, they're part of the Brooklyn elite, it's fair to say. I'm going to start off with the head of the household because he's got a couple of interesting stories, but he's not the main focus of the story. But I didn't want to leave this out because it's too good. Okay. The head of the household is the terribly distinguished Major General Edward Leslie Molyneux, the very model of a modern Major General. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. From British aristocratic stock. He had a very respectable army career, as you would expect, as Major General, serving in the Civil War under General Grant. Mm. Ulysses S. Grant. Outside of his army career, he was the director of one of the largest paint companies in the USA. Nice. Mm. Everyone needs paint. Everybody needs paint. So it means he was very wealthy, had a comfortable life with his wife, his three sons, Roland, Leslie, and Cecil. Good British names. Absolutely. Mm. Now, Edward, as I said, is not the focus of the story, but a couple of things that you should know. <laughs> in the wonderful research that was done in one book that I will put into the episode notes, it talks about Edward when he was younger. He had a scrapbook filled with motivational quotes. This was a man who, nice. who liked to live a Le sensible life, good advice, and like good, advice. good living. Live, good laugh, living. Laugh. live, laugh, love was all over <laughs> it's that all shit. Over that. It's <laughs> Jen o'clock somewhere. <laughs> Fuck off, Edward. <laughs> It's not a sin to prefer a gin. Some of the things he wrote in his journal. <laughs> and I think we can all live by these. Use dumbbells twice a day. Quite. Yeah, right. Big old timer dumbbells. Yeah. Bathe every morning. Oh, uh, really? <laughs> Always get up when you first awake, no matter what time it is. One hour in the morning is worth two at night. Oh, I don't like him already. <laughs> <laughs> Do everything in a cool, active, and energetic manner. Uh-huh. In times of danger or trouble, first think, then act coolly and decisively. Cool. <laughs> cool. <laughs> He's very thinking about being cool. He's very cool. <laughs> Never be idle. Always have something to do. I'm falsely going off this man. Yeah, he's very anxious, I sense. Harden in every possible way your body, but not your conscience. Oh. <laughs> he was made of rock, and yet his heart was soft. <laughs> Give up all bad habits and use no slang language. <laughs> yes, and it was a lovely man, lovely man. Like, study, you know, dependable, trying to live a good life. Okay. Well, you know, he comes a bit of a cropper with his involvement in the um, Hiram Thomas story. Now, Hiram Thomas is a very interesting figure in American history. Is he the Mormon chap? 
new, new, new. Oh, that's Hiram Bingham. <laughs> yeah, that's Hiram Bingham. No, no, no. He, he wasn't. He wasn't just marrying off people. No, 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 no. Um, Hiram Thomas was a black man who became very successful in the hospitality industry. Oh, okay. There is some sort of line that he invented the potato chip. Okay. Which, when I tried to research it, that was where the seven tabs opened and you had to go down. I was like, no, I don't, I don't have time to go through potato chips right now. I can't do it. But he was a black man who's born free. He served as a maitre d's, a head waiter in a lot of very prestigious hotels, like really, really big stuff. And he became very, very successful. And it was while he was speaking to General uh, Molyneux, when the general was dining at the Lake House Hotel in New Jersey, very prestigious. And he heard where the general lived. He lived in Brooklyn. He said, oh, that's wonderful. Whereabouts do you live? And he gave him a street address. And Hiram said, that's marvelous. I've just bought a house there. I've just bought a house and I'm going to move my family in very soon. Yeah, the general didn't like uh, that. Mm -mm -mm -mm. Yeah, the general's, yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's fine if you're serving me my food. Don't want you living next door. Yeah. He did go back, told his neighbours, told his family, and a campaign was started to prevent Hiram from moving in. Yeah, that's, that's good. Yeah, now there were thankfully plenty of people in that street who were like, we don't care, <laughs> it's fine, what's wrong with you? He's got the money, what does it matter? <laughs> yes, it's all the elitism. So yeah, it was quite the scandal. Widespread news all across the newspapers. It got across the country yeah. as well. Campaign insisted that his presence would lower the house prices. Right. Mm, he kept the house. He did move his family in. People accused him of speculating with the property because, of course, what else would a black man do in the area? Just like, oh, I bought this up so I can just try and drive. I'm trying to get you to buy me out of the neighborhood. This was all the, the horrible stuff that was circulating. He wanted he, a nice place to live. He just wanted to live in Brooklyn. <laughs> that was it. He told the press, says, if my coming to the neighborhood will depreciate property, as some have said it would, I am willing to sell my house. But I don't think I should be put in all of this trouble for nothing. So it's like, fine, you want to buy my house, buy me out. Molyneux couldn't afford it and the committee couldn't so he said fine i'm just gonna live here what's your problem he moved in and it was fine no yeah. one did anything no <laughs> yeah. one did anything because it was just i'm just gonna bloody live here and for all their talk and, ha and haranguing yeah. and everything they didn't do anything because they were respectable they're respectable people who mm. lived in brooklyn but if the molyneux family thought that the worst thing that could happen to them was a black man to live near <laughs> them Oh, they had no idea yeah, what was coming to their family. Gonna, I think it's going to get worse. <laughs> <laughs> so that is a side note to oh, this that, story. That, that was the side quest. This is the side quest. This is a side mission. It sort of makes me glad what happened now, because the general <laughs> needed to be taught a lesson. Maybe not for everyone involved in the story, but still. <laughs> But go with me here. Go okay. Jeremy needs to be taught a lesson. Everyone must die. <laughs> <laughs> That'll teach him. Let us look at his son, Roland. Yes. Roland, I want to keep calling him Ronald. That's not his name. But I'm not going to do okay. that. So don't let me. Born in 1866, Roland was a dashing young man. Okay, first off, fabulous moustache. Excellent. When he was an adult, not as a baby. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Came out with a fabulous moustache. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, if you see pictures, which I will share, it is proper bushy, lovely twirly nice. sides. Oh, it's magnificently kept. He was handsome. He had a good education. He was destined to be in the elite of New York. And my God, did he know it. Oh, he was very happy about his station. Now... He was maybe a little bit of a rogue in his youth. There were murmurings about when he was sent away for his education, him having an affair with an older woman. And well, that's what one did. Yeah, but being involved in some sort of divorce scandal or scam to try and help a couple who were trying to get divorced and he was just there to shag the wife. It's quite interesting. There's all sorts of detail about it. Too much for here. He was had a reputation with the ladies, liked to flirt with people. He did, did start a little dalliance with uh, one young woman who worked at his father's paint company. Mm. Young being the operative word, she was about 13. Mm. Mm, when he was 21. Yeah, it was said to frequent brothels, have a good time, you know, because he's privileged. He can do what he wants. He's yeah. a golden boy. Now, he would later be married to the lovely Blanche. I think her actual surname is Cheeseborough. Cheeseborough. Blanche Cheeseborough. Sometimes it's written as Chessborough. Okay. But I'm going to go with cheeseburger. Going cheese. Yeah, I'm going to go with cheeseburger. By day, he would end up working with his father at the paint company. He had studied and learned to become a chemist, so he could fiddle with all the lovely dyes and nice. colours. But when he wasn't working, he liked to keep fit and healthy. He was an athlete. He was a gymnast, and he won awards for his skill on the flying trapeze. Uh, excellent. <laughs> That's very exciting. That is very exciting. We don't have enough flying trapezes. We don't, no. no. Yes, no, he was quite the gymnast. And he liked to work out at 
the Knickerbocker Athletic Club. <laughs> yes, nice. that is it. Now, the Knickerbocker Athletic Club is is crucial to this story. I've not just put it in there just going, oh, fuck it, anything. <laughs> no, the Knickerbocker Club, we are really in the territory, Nick, of um, the burly mustachioed men and striped unitards lifting big old weights. Excellent. Yep, 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 yep. And this club, you can imagine in New York of the time, obviously it's called the Knickerbocker Club, so it's very trendy. We're thinking mm-hmm. of all that elitism and all the kind of people who want to trace their, their heritage and their roots. Mm-hmm. Well, this is not just your average kind of shitty gym with a few weights in the corner. No, this is full on. You've got a pool. You have got training rooms. You've got a fencing studio. You have got bars. You've got a smoking room in there. You've got a lovely bar that you can dine in and a restaurant. Apparently you've got a high-flying trapeze. Exactly, yes. <laughs> you can do what you bloody like You, you don't it. get them in your average gym. It's huge, 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 huge. So very fancy. So yes, a picture of all those men working out. Let's just picture that There's for a bit. Okay. Still Patrick. Are you finished? Okay. okay. The club was run by a gentleman named Henry Cornish. And he was very well known in the athletics world because he was a passion he was completely passionate about athletics and he had run several very successful athletics clubs and, and social clubs in Boston and Chicago. He had also managed the athletics in the eighteen ninety three Chicago World Fair. Fancy. So bit high caliber, yeah, high caliber. That's what he's doing. Now he's not part of the elite. He is a working man. He has built his way up here, but he runs a very good club. Mm. Now the club has a committee, but he is responsible for all of it. He's very well known. Now Henry's said to be quite arrogant himself, a confident man. He's worked hard. Yeah. And he doesn't mind putting himself about. He was described as tall, square shouldered, a splendid type of physical development. Nice. Weird. Splendid type of physical development. Yes. There's a different type, isn't it? <laughs> Do have a type. I have a splendid, physically, splendid type. The development is very good. I like the develop I like the way you've developed. <laughs> now it wasn't long, obviously, before he and Roland would cross paths, him as the club director, Roland as a patron and a very active and avid member of the club. Roland not well liked. It was said amongst the other members because he's pretty arrogant mm. and he is very committed to his um, athletics and his training and his, his trapeze work. Roland didn't like Henry. They just clashed from the start. There is all sorts of back and forth between them from the moment that Henry becomes involved in the club. A snooty upper class customer battling with the director. Roland complained about everything that Henry did with the club. He's not running the baths properly. He's not running the restaurant properly. He's gossiping about people. And Roland writes letter after letter to the club, to Henry, and also to the committee, to the board equivalent, saying, you need to get rid of him. I'm not happy with it. I am Roland. I am a, I am a paying member and you need to listen to me. And the board are like, no. No. No, no, no. You're not making us any money, mate. Henry is responding to this, saying that Roland is a rum seller, in the ba- in in his spare time, and also frequented brothels, Aww. which he probably very oh, yeah, much did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is just constant bickering back and forth, and it ends up with Roland writing to the committee saying, "This man has to be fired." It's nothing to do, probably, with the fact that during his time there, Henry beat Roland in a weightlifting competition. <laughs> so yes, we have yeah. men lifting weights competitively. <laughs> In the end, Roland says in December 1897 that either Henry Cornish had to go or he would resign from the club. Oh, no. Oh, no, they said. Oh, don't go. Bye. They were like, okay, we we, we literally don't care. You're very annoying. You keep writing (laughs) us letters. Very, very annoying. And so, yes, Roland thought this would be his big coup de grace. And he was like, oh, well, fine. Fine, I'll go then. In December 1897, he did indeed resign from the club. And on the same day, he goes down the stairs of the club. Henry's coming up and they have a fucking battle on the stairs. Slanging match, throwing insults at each other. That, that's what they said. <laughs> Roland had a really carefully prepared speech in yeah, his head. It went well. <laughs> and then he just went, screw you. Hurling every insult that was known to man, it was said, that we, he, they hurled at each other. Nice. But Roland is out of the Knickerbocker Club. Mm. Things can resume back to business, back to all that Knickerbockering. <laughs> Knickerbockery. Now, Knickerbockery. That does sound dodgy. Oh, <laughs> It's a gentleman's social club. It's a health club. There are saunas. It's a lot of knickerbockery mm. going on. It's a lot of knickerbocker glory holes in there. Oh. 
Rude. Don't tell me there wasn't one in there. Now, over the next year, Roland would enroll in a new club, a new health club, but he would just tell all in sundry about the disgusting mm. behaviour of Henry Cornish at the Knickerbocker Club. Anyone who would listen to him and people who wouldn't listen to him <laughs> chasing them down the street going, this is happening. <laughs> but Henry Cornish himself gave no more thought to Roland Molyneux. He's out of his hair. Who cares? He had a club to run in December 1898. He is pleased to receive a gift at his office. Now, he often gets sent gifts. He runs a great place. He's yeah. got some very wealthy clients and they will leave him Christmas gifts. He opens this package that's addressed to him in a feminine hand. Okay. Is the way that the address is written. Mm -hmm. He opens it up and inside is a beautiful blue Tiffany box. Oh, fancy. Oh, fancy. And inside is a silver bottle holder and a bottle of Bromo Seltzer. Interesting choice. Mm. Now, you know what Bromo Seltzer is? It's like a stomach sort of settly thing. Yeah, an early version of Alka-Seltzer yeah. is the simplest way to put it. Bromo Seltzer, the origins of it, it is slightly toxic. Yeah, it's got oh, bromide, I'm assuming. So yes, it's, it's got yeah. bromide, yeah. yeah. It, it would, the original recipe for Bromo Seltzer would end up being banned in yeah. 1917, <laughs> adapted, but it, it, in itself... You're fine to take it mm. if you've got a headache, if you've got a stomach upset. It's it's sort of a cure-all, isn't cure it? Yeah. yeah, exactly. So but that's in, in, in a <laughs> Tiffany bottle and box. Well, that's that's quite fancy. Yeah, this is the fanciest yeah. of all of them. Apparently, the bottle's blue as well. Yeah. Like Tiffany bottle is like okay. It just reminded me actually of years and years and years ago. I had once had a friend. You once had a friend. <laughs> once had a friend. I don't believe this story. <laughs> no, who had for some reason a absolute aversion to wife runs. Couldn't, absolutely terrified of wife runs. I mean, was, I don't was, blame them. And it was hilarious. Right. So one Christmas, okay. I bought for her, went to a fancy lingerie shop and got a gift box and put some, <laughs> and, and then went to Arthur Spencer's and found the biggest <laughs> pair of wife runs I could find. <laughs> and that was very amusing. Oh, and she was that, opening it up like, oh, Asian provocateur, <laughs> you shouldn't have, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> then a big pair of wife runs. Just oh, reminded yeah, me of that. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. He was standing in his wife runs at his desk going, no, I brought myself, I have no use for this, but these pants are amazing. <laughs> Henry's standing there, Tiffany box in hand, no card, mm -hmm. no note about who this is from. He looks at the, the address and he's like, oh, I don't recognise the handwriting. Meh, thinks Henry Cornish. Always good to have some medicine at hand and in a special fancy bottle holder. Empty it out, take the fancy bottle holder. Throw shit you get through the post away no yes. no 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 empty no. that crap out keep the bottle mm. lovely bottle lovely bottle holder keep that yep get rid of the weird crap in it <laughs> and fill it with gin that is the best medicine yeah. of all he leaves it in his desk for a couple of days uh christmas comes and goes on the 27th of december he goes home now he shares a massive apartment with his aunt a woman called kate adams she lives there with her daughter florence uh, henry lives there it's huge it's, it's a huge mm -hmm. place so when he goes home on the 27th of December, he brings this, this gear with him. And I think it's ostensibly because he looks at the bottle holder. He knows that Florence has a similar collection of, of nice things that, that sort of match it. And he goes, okay, fine, I'll give it to you. Here's the bottle holder. I got this. I don't want it. He keeps the Bromo Seltzer on his bedside table. It's like, fine, you know, if you need it. The next morning on the 28th of December, they've all been out the night before. A few wines were well, consumed. the festive season. It is the festive season. I mean, it's abhorrent behaviour. I don't understand anyone who would go out and drink heavily and then... Let's move on. <laughs> Henry wakes and Kate, I think, is sitting in the kitchen with her head in her hands like... <laughs> trying to fry bacon. And Florence says, "Do you? can we use some of the Bromo Seltzer? Mum's not feeling well at all. He's like, yeah, yeah. He brings the bottle over to her. Kate actually struggles to open it. She struggles to open the bottle. It's really sealed quite tightly. Henry has to open it for her. And he notices also that it sort of crunches like when it opens. Like, that's that's, that's not right. Mm. Opens it. Smells a lot like almonds. That's not a good sign, is it's it? Not it's good not sign. a good sign. No. And he's like, oh, okay. She puts a hefty measure into yeah. some water. And Kate drinks it down. Comments when she drinks it, it does taste a bit funny. Oh, it tastes a bit almondy. There's a little bit left in the glass. Henry takes the glass and sips it and is like, that oh, just tastes like medicine. Don't worry about it. Within a minute, Kate has collapsed. Yeah. She has collapsed in the bathroom. Her daughter is screaming for Henry, help, help. What's happening? Her face has gone red. She is now retching. She is vomiting. She is screaming in pain. Henry gets up to help her and he collapses. His, he says his knees go out from under him. 
in the house he's like send for a doctor get a doctor immediately he is trying to help kate he's not feeling good at all eventually a dr hitchcock nice arrives on the scene and he comes in and he looks at kate on the ground writhing and puking and screaming he looks over at henry retching retching and can't walk and the doctor goes okay hear me out here this might 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 be a case of cyanide poisoning well i mean i'm surprised he went there to be honest almond smell weird package yeah but just to be sure i'm going to take some of the powder (laughs) and see what happens well there's something to be said for thorough testing the one medical professional in the room knocks back some of the powder and then he starts feeling sick and everyone is puking and rolling around. The, the, the apartment is not pretty right now. But he's proved his hypothesis. He's like, I was right. I was right all along. Henry Cornish sends out for another doctor because this one's rubbish. <laughs> Does the other, other doctor go, let me check. <laughs> There's a whole series of people just going to go, okay, everyone stop eating the poison. <laughs> While waiting for the new doctor, Dr. Hitchcock is knocking back whiskey because he says that counteracts the effects of poison. It doesn't. It mm, well, he's ju- he's committed to he's it. He is it. absolutely, and it's not. It probably is not even his. He's just getting. Oh no! He's just, oh he's, no! 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 I have to drink your like. He's found the fancy drinks cabinet. He's going for it. The twenty-year-old Scotch definitely. Yeah, this will help. Drink Can enough. I- he's going to purge. By the way, Kate is dead. Oh, Kate is dead on the floor and the doctor's getting drunk. Yeah. He's drinking and eating everything in the house. Why did they call him? <laughs> no, Kate is absolutely dead. They are able to get another doctor in the house now dr hitchcock and henry they have succumbed to the effects of the poison but they've only had a tiny tiny amount compared to kate they will be okay they will struggle through but kate has within 30 minutes of drinking the solution is gone in a terrible state of pain horrible horrible sight for a daughter to witness Mm. for the rest of them now hitchcock when he is sobered up we can only assume has the foresight to take the the bottle of the bromo seltzer he takes packaging anything that he can he says okay i'm going to keep this as evidence as a doctor i'm going to record it cornish then um in the transcripts of this story from the time makes his way around town afterwards because he's got to he's got to inform the family he's got to get mm. an attorney he's got to tell people he's still not well from the poisoning mm. and and from all accounts god bless henry cornish maybe because he just thinks i'm an athlete i can manage that is crawling around town <laughs> frequent interruptions had to be made it was said so he could either puke his guts up or shit himself oh, god that's just happening yeah. bumps into a chemist friend of his and the chemist's like, you do not look well. <laughs> He's yeah. like, no, no, I don't, I don't. He's like, you know what? Have some whiskey. See, whiskey does the trick. Well, he didn't do the trick for him because he puked it in his face right immediately. <laughs> oh, that didn't work. Well, I'm out of ideas. <laughs> he literally is crawling about, eventually gets to the club, the Knickerbocker Club. He goes back there and gets the, the attention that he needs because people are like, Oh my god. <laughs> He's lying in his office and they have to they have to like get an enema and all sorts of things. They'd comment on the flatulence that's coming out of him. Yeah. Because the Bromo Seltzer's doing its work. It's, it's fizzing away. It's fizzing away <laughs> inside him. He's helped by a Dr. Phillips and a Dr. Coffin. Nice. That's a brilliant name for a doctor. Exactly. That is not someone you want to put your face no. into. <laughs> Dr. Coffin's here. I'll help you get well. <laughs> You'll never feel unwell again <laughs> under my care. He needs to leave. So this horrific morning has come to an end with a death. With yeah. a death and several people very ill. Something taint right here. Oh, yeah, for sure. Now the police, of course, attend the house and investigation is launched. An autopsy on Kate Adams would reveal that she had indeed died from poisoning thanks to the presence of cyanide of mercury. That'll do it. In the bromo seltzer. We don't often get cyanide of mercury. No. It's there. The bottle of medicine was tested. It also showed that the mixture of bromide seltzer and cyanide of mercury was within it. Now, as the story breaks of this awful, awful mystery poisoning, the newspapers start running the story. There's a lot of mentions in the research about this case about yellow journalism which is all about the sort of not only the prestigious newspapers but the papers that sort of just run any bloody story without checking their facts yeah and so all the scandal all the gossip is going around you've got the start of the gossip mags they run a picture in the papers of the label from the packaging because henry had kept it oh right in the feminine hand in the feminine hand and the secretary of the knickerbocker club recognizes the handwriting Mm -hmm. 
of that of Roland Molyneux. Oh. Because he has been writing a shit ton of letters well, to them. True. Raymond of the feminine hand. Indeed. He was writing loads of letters. They said they know it all too well. They also recognise that on the address label, he's written out 40, the, the number 40 in, in, in letters, mm. and he spelt it wrong. Roland did that all the time as well, apparently. Oh. Doesn't know how to spell 40. How else would you spell it? With a U. 30. No, he's, he spells it F-O-U-R-T-Y. Oh, I see. Instead of F-O-R-T-Y. Oh, I see. Okay. Well, yeah, okay. I can see why you would potentially make that mistake if you're not very clever. So... Things uh-huh. are starting to mount up. This handwriting, they say. And the feminine hand used to disguise his masculine hand, <laughs> apparently. A feminine hand. I don't that, That's what it's referenced to. Like, he tried to disguise his handwriting by making it look like a girl it's wrote got, like, it. has got love hearts above the eyes and things. <laughs> <laughs> Smiley faces in the O's. <laughs> Just little flowers. A little deer. A tiny pumpkin. It's a white woman's handwriting. <laughs> The police were also able to trace the silver bottle holder to a store in Newark. The owner of the shop is shown a picture of Roland. He said, no, that guy didn't buy it. No, it's just a guy with a great big red bushy beard. (laughs) So that's clearly Roland has put on a big beard and gone in there. (laughs) Hello there. (laughs) Or he sent in someone to buy it. He has been seen in the area while they couldn't pin the fact that purchase had been made by him. So the police feel, right, we've got a man with a motive. He's access to poison because he is a chemist. He is this working is in his father's paint factory. The handwriting, it's all a bit circumstantial, but mm. maybe we could, I don't know, there's not really a lot of evidence. But then comes a bombshell. And I think that's time for a drinks break. Good. Okay. <laughs> hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Well, Nick, we have our drinks. Yeah, we do. We, we made more Nickelbockers. More, more Nickelbockers. Because it's very delicious. Yeah, I'm liking it. Yes, yes, but now we have our drinks. Ah, there is a bombshell that has Ooh, been dropped. Exciting. Lands in the police's lap. They discover... What's Something about Roland and his wife. Okay. Now, I said to you that he would end up being married to a lady called Blanche Cheeseborough. Yes, Cheeseborough. Cheeseborough. She lived in the borough of Cheese. Yeah. Now, by now, they are married, but, 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 it transpires that during their courtship, there was uh, something untoward going on. Mm. Maybe. Roland had met Blanche at a party in 1897. I believe it was a yacht party or a boating party. Some sort of boating party. In Maine, I believe. Fancy. They went there. He met her. (gasps) She's so lovely. (laughs) Got quite a liking to her. But Roland had made the foolish mistake of bringing along a hot friend. (laughs) Okay. Which is not a good thing. No, he brought his good friend Henry Barnett. There's two Henrys now, but this is Henry Barnett. Right, Henry not, Barnett, not, yeah, okay. Henry Barnett, who's a stockbroker. Money. Mm, cash. Money, 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 money. Now, and as soon as Blanche laid eyes on him, I say eyes, Blanche actually had a glass eye. 
So just one. Just the single one. Just the single one. Looking at and him. And literally, she laid it on him. <laughs> took, took, took it out, put it on his head. <laughs> on his head. Yeah. Like, Good party trick. I see you. I've got my eye on got you. Got my eye on you. Just a, <laughs> the, the whole seeping pus. Yeah, that. Yeah. So, so. Um, good party trick. And he laughed. So they were they were off to a good start. <laughs> she was very taken with Henry, while Roland was kind of oh okay, blah, hello Blanche and Blanche from a good family, you know, you know, good stock sort of thing. You know, Roland obviously has been shagging thirteen year olds apparently, yeah. and visiting brothels and all sorts of things. But Blanche is definitely marriage she's material. <laughs> she doesn't have a yacht. Well, she's at a yacht party. She was able. She had the ability to go to one. She went. To, she went to a yachting place. <laughs> she stood near it. <laughs> <laughs> that drove wild with desire <laughs> but it's henry that i can't stop wanting to say catches her eye i've got to stop the ipods i'm sorry but two glass eyes <laughs> three <laughs> three glass eyes <laughs> she carried spares <laughs> one in the middle ah. <laughs> so it was an odd match yes but roller thought that's the woman, that's for, the me. woman for me that crazy eyed bitch <laughs> over there pretending to be a dalek it's fine <laughs> Go with it. How did she become a Dalek? Got a big third eye on a stick. And was a robot. Yeah. Couldn't go upstairs. The eye wouldn't Did you look. meet her? No. <laughs> this is all third, fourth hand reporting. So, so Blanche is a Dalek. Could have been. <laughs> but anyway, Henry, she has her sights set on him. Next death. <laughs> Sorry. Henry and her strike up a firm friendship. That is clearly a courtship. There is much letter writing. There is much. There are much stolen glances across the room, across a yacht. Across a yacht, but only on the <laughs> left hand side. Exactly. He's never really sure. Are you making eyes at me? I don't know what's happening. He took her to dinners, the theatre, and other places of amusement. Surely there are other places. Of <laughs> other places of amusement. My God. They, they frequented the sex festival. <laughs> This New York is a fancy place. It is. They have other places of amusement. Roland is obviously not happy about this arrangement. No. He very much stays a friend in the background to Henry and to Blanche, writing to her. And Roland's persistent. He still tries to win her hand in marriage by asking for it. Um, <laughs> that's how you do it in those days. Oh, yeah. I don't think he did daring feats on the back of a horse. <laughs> In 1898, he asked her to marry him and she goes, no, I very clearly like Henry. I want to marry him. He's hot. <laughs> and he goes, okay, fine, fine. Rejection, I accept it. Mm. A month later, Henry Barnett is dead. Yeah. Doesn't seem to be the person who re- accepts a lot of rejection. Mm. Henry became very ill very suddenly, deteriorated rapidly. Now, the cause of death would be put as diphtheria, heart complaint caused by diphtheria. However... Uh, the illness started when he took a dose from a sample of Cut Now's improved effervescence powder. Oh, but it? it was improved, though. Improved that arrived at his house in the post <laughs> from an unknown source. <laughs> completely anonymous. Completely anonymous. Right. Two months earlier, he'd received it. Here, have some anonymous powder. <laughs> Fine. Sounds great. I mean, maybe Cut Now's was, was a really premium brand you couldn't get hold of. And everyone's like... <gasps> Someone sent me this effervescent powder. Oh, my God. I'm so lucky. It had sold out everywhere. Had taken some of that. Are we and just then... more cynical now? What do you mean? We're going to get... I'm not taking any fucking powder that comes from my letterbox. I'm going to get an envelope full of powder and go, oh, I'll have that. <laughs> if it's from just a random person who scrawled your address in a feminine hand, it's probably going to be Emma from just... Real Life Ghost yeah, Stories. I mean, are we just not as trusting as we should be? Yeah, we're not as trusting. Hello, Fresh are cleaning up, you know. <laughs> Ooh. No, their, no, with, everyone, forget with, that idea, forget with, that idea. With their new poison collection. <laughs> <laughs> People in the marketing meeting there go, all right, hear me out. I think our poison collection is going to go very well. Very well. Because people fucking love HelloFresh. <laughs> Honestly, we can't stop sending people stuff. <laughs> yes. So in between his vegetable delivery, he found, yeah, Cutnow's improved effervescent powder, improved by poison. And yep, dead. Dead within a month. Two weeks after his death, in November 1898, Roland and Blanche are married. Speedy work. She got over it pretty damn quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe she's worried that she'll end up an old wow. glass-eyed maid. Exactly. And she then needs a fancy husband. Lots of comforting. Lots of comforting. Oh, it's so sad. Oh, it's so sad. Literally a week after the funeral. Let's just get you to the registry mm. office. 
When the police begin investigating Henry Cornish and his family's poisoning, they feel that having uncovered this story, allegations or this yeah, tale, bit of a precedent possibly going on there. They feel they have enough to start going on a proper charge here. The powder that Henry Bonnet took was still available. They were able to examine it. So was the packaging. He kept the pa- People kept packaging back yeah. then. They examine it. It's found to contain the same poison that killed Kate Adams. A handwriting expert with the police confirms that the notes on the Barnet package and the Henry Cornish package were from the same hand, written in the same hand. And that hand was Roland Molyneux. Roland is arrested mm-hmm. for the murder of Kate Adams. The trial begins in November 1899. So it's quite a bit of a distance mm. as well. You know, it takes takes time. Well, well, indeed. They had a bit of a chore getting the grand jury to indict him. Got to build up your case. But he's in court. And it would be one of the longest, most sensational trials that New York had seen of the time. And all the way through this, the press pieces are running about Roland, about Henry, about everyone mm. in the background. Oh, absolutely sensational because this is kind of like the elite and we like this. Yeah. The prosecution make much of the feud between Henry and Roland and they argue that Roland had access to poison, that his handwriting is all over the packages and this other man, Henry mm. Barnett, has died in the same way with the same type of poisoning in connected circumstances. We can't, we can't refute this. You can't ignore it. Roland apparently in court appeared bored. Yeah. Played tic-tac-toe on the back of an envelope. Uh, who? Himself. Okay, so that's a challenge. Isn't that noughts and crosses? Noughts and crosses. You're playing it with you. Oh, yeah, that's rubbish. Probably <laughs> 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 not much of a challenge going on there. Trying oh, to get won. others. Yay, me. <laughs> He's that much of a dick. I think he probably would have. Yeah, I beat other me. 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 I'm victorious. <laughs> playing that, smiling at people in the court, smiling at his wife. His wife's going... <laughs> Um, sneering, sneering openly mm. at the prosecution. There's a great sketch. There's a courtroom sketch because it's packed with press every day. And there's a great picture of the prosecution pointing the finger at him and like, oh, I've done this. And he's just, nah, yeah. don't care, don't care, don't care. The arrogance emanating from this man. The defense just bring in their own handwriting expert to go, no, I don't think it's the same handwriting as his. And that's it. <laughs> Okay. That's it. All they do is that's that they go, they the, the prosecution didn't make their case. I was like, that's kind of for the judge to decide. Yeah. That's a bit of a gamble. And it doesn't pay off. No. Because no, Roland is found guilty. He is found guilty and he's sentenced to death. He will face the electric chair in Sing Sing. Mm. But. But he's rich. He's rich. However, there is an appeal. Mm. The appeal is mounted while he is in prison awaiting his death sentence. And the ruling would be a judicial landmark, Nick. Would it? This is the moment we've all been building it up is. towards. Thank mean, God you haven't. I thought you. I thought you were going <laughs> to miss the landmark ruling. The landmark <laughs> ruling. Oh, screw the doctor drinking whiskey and taking poison himself. <laughs> this. This is the really exciting this is the part. Exciting bit. The defence argued that the prosecution of the original trial had used evidence of the murder of Henry yeah. Barnett, a crime which is unproven and for which Molyneux had never been indicted. And this becomes the Molyneux rule. You have Molyneux's hearings and you have the Molyneux rule, which basically says, still used today, that certain evidence of prior crimes that have not been convicted mm. can't be included as evidence because it's, it's, a risk, it's a risk of prejudice. You can't say, well, there was this case and this person, he probably, he did, probably that. did that. too. Can't do it. Can't do yeah. it. Absolutely not. You have the Molyneux hearings in New York State now, which is a pretrial hearing about the admissibility of evidence of prior uncharged crimes can we let this in mm. to the trial and them going no no <laughs> what yeah, i find that fascinating okay uh, okay yeah, i might give you that that's something that's used today yeah that's quite interesting to go well this guy died and i was like never never been convicted never been put down as a murder charge he probably bloody did it but sorry you can't yeah. convict him no. on that that's it's fair begrudgingly i'll give you that <laughs> begrudgingly begrudgingly it's like tearing a piece of flesh from yeah, your body absolutely you and your landmark <laughs> legal rulings <laughs> love a landmark legal ruling my friend 
A second trial was held in 1902. Roland was acquitted after 12 minutes of jury deliberation. Yeah. That's not even sandwich time. <laughs> yeah, they could have made it last a bit and got lunch out of it. <laughs> Always get lunch, guys. Get the lunch. Get an overnight stay in a nice hotel. Get some room service. <laughs> we have to be sequestered. <laughs> he was released from jail. He arrived home in Brooklyn to much celebration from his family. His mother crying, my boy, my son, my child is home. His father pretty pissed off that he spent all of his money all of his money all the money on the defence he's rich and he has spent all the money on the defence and it worked in the end Mm. but Roland is free no one is ever convicted of Kate Adams' murder or Henry Barnett's Blanche would file for divorce immediately good she she gives it a week actually she gives it a week (laughs) he comes back then she gets on a train and goes to South Dakota right to run away she runs away in one of the reports she ends up in a hotel that is a rather sordid habitation filled with ill-mannered men and chemically complexioned women seeking the same end as Mrs. Meunier (laughs) (laughs) chemically complexioned women chemically complexioned women (laughs) it's a side note but it's too good that's brilliant I'm also, I'm using that. Also, harsh, harsh. They just wanted to look pretty. They wanted to gussy up. She has been under constant press scrutiny mm. all the way through this. She's had enough. She cites mental cruelty and says, I'm out. Fair. She would later say, I'm paraphrasing slightly here, still the press are coming for quotes and the family mm. keep giving the quotes. And she's like, I, I, I've done this for four years. I stuck around for the general, for, for daddy-in-law yeah. to help him. I, I didn't want to let him down I love him I think he's wonderful but I'm out uh, the general is shocked that she gets a divorce and is horrified by her actions and he, sa- yeah. he says something really cutting which is shit I think she says she refers to my son as that man well I've always referred to her as that lady <laughs> yeah that's Ooh. yeah <laughs> that's not the barb you think yeah, it is general no, really not is it no <laughs> she would end up marrying her divorce lawyer that's that's a leap a lot younger yeah it was like oh well good for her she's getting out of this and going her own way and forging her own life oh she's married a divorce lawyer I know it it gets sadder but also brilliant okay (laughs) so the thing about Blanche is that she always wanted to be an opera singer oh god she really wanted to be an opera singer so when she was divorced she decides she's going to retrain she's going to be an opera singer and a vaudeville producer owner of a theatre yeah we will hire you you can sing twice a day on Sundays but I want to market you under the name Blanche Moulinier Uh, but we need the Moulinier name we need the Moulinier name because it's been the biggest thing it is it is and she is just about to start it's literally a couple of days I think before her opening act Mm. and the general tells them if you use my name I will sue you I will sue you seven ways from Sunday. I'll put a restraining order out. You can't do it. The show is cancelled. Yeah. She's dropped. And she has to skulk back to South Dakota mm. with her lawyery husband and just lives in obscurity. <laughs> Aww. Blanche was going to be a singer. Yeah, but also, yeah, she was, she was living <laughs> off that name though, wasn't she? I I think other people wanted to market it. I, I yeah, think... but she went along with it. I don't know. I don't know. There's there is one narrative where she absolutely was, yeah, I'll market this, or that she was just like, I'll be an opera singer because I can sing, and I just want to share my 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 voice with the world, like in a kind of Florence Jenkins kind of yeah, way. Yeah, well, exactly what came to mind when you I know. Well, we're also mean to kind of go like she was obviously a shit singer because if she was a good singer, she probably would have been fine. <laughs> they were like, yeah, you don't need the name, love. Mm. But yeah, no, she. Uh, off she went. Um, Roland, while well, he was in jail, he was in jail for you know, a couple of years yeah, actually. You know, he was waiting, waiting um, conviction, and then and then the appeals. He wrote a book called "The Room with the Little Door." Yeah, yeah. Okay. He was released. His life was never the same, as you can imagine. Afterwards, imagine, no. he wrote he wrote more books and plays, and there's. Lots of detail on the books and plays that he wrote that just he thought this would make him rich and famous, the plays that he wanted to put on, and he just was shit at it. And he just kept interfering, and it was awful. (laughs) They Mm. never really reached the stage, never brought him the notoriety he wanted. He would end up having a nervous breakdown in the years that followed, still taunted by the press, and eventually was committed to an, well, a, a, a place, an insane asylum, maybe a bit of an insane asylum, yeah. uh, in 1913, and in one point he escaped and was found running naked through the streets. Nice. 
babbling and shouting and ranting, wrestled back into a car. And they were like, okay, let's just put you in a hospital mm. forever. Oh. And in 1917, he died of suspected syphilis, oh. aged 51. Oh. But there we go. That is the story. Oh, a good story. Is it? It's a very depressing ending. <laughs> well, no one ended well, but then also he fucking tried to kill loads of people. Yeah. He did. He, he did. He did. He poisoned the shit out of people. <laughs> he poisoned the fuck out of everyone. He did. He poisoned his rivals, anyone who just annoyed him. But it remains unsolved. Yeah, but not legally. Yes. Not legally proven. Not legally proven. Mm. Has it impact on the rest of legal history that's it we still talk about it today the million year hearings we well, don't well, you, we you don't. Do. You don't i do you do I an do. awful lot oh i bloody do love talking about it all those legal landmarks oh, oh yeah <laughs> uh, that's my subcategory of reddit i'm on that every bloody day you can't stop her down the pub <laughs> <laughs> <Shut up. laughs> there you go so quite a stuff to unpack there's a there lot, as lot well. going on there absolutely fascinating family a terrifying family. So what do you think of Roland? Do you think... What do you oh, think of the murders? Spoiled a little bit, really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he just didn't get what he wanted. So decided to get rid of his rivals and anyone who was mean to him. Mm. Which is, yeah, just the ultimate bully, really. The poisoning of Barnet and Henry Cornish happened quite close together. Mm. Even though it was revealed later, you think it would be quite far apart. But no, it, it, it seems like he had worked out a system. Yeah. Or he had got just got a cyanide in that week's chemistry lesson or something. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, I can use this. He's not five. <laughs> he's sure? Well, yeah, he's, he's acting like a five-year-old. He's acting like, I, I, I won that. Kill people so I can get what I want. If you look at it, we do look at it backwards and most of the accounts do do, do that. If you told it chronologically, he started off going, I'm going to get rid of my love rival yeah, because I love that. Blanche. And you go, okay, it's not a reason to kill anyone, but it's not dissimilar from what we may have seen in many other cases. Yeah. And then he's clearly gone, Henry Cornish, I don't like that yeah. man. Well, it, well, it worked, didn't it? So he's killing his, yeah. killing his rival. That that worked. And, he, and he's got the woman and he's married and everything. Yeah. So it worked once. Why the hell wouldn't it work again? It does feel like he's gone back through his Rolodex and gone, who's really <laughs> pissed me off in the last year? Because the Henry Cornish stuff had started a year beforehand. Yeah. It had been done. He had quit the club. And he was like, you know what? Yeah. Ah, I never did like that wiener Henry Cornish. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Settle that hash. Oh, there must have been something that happened. Uh, I don't know. He saw him in the street or... Someone else went, oh, what a lovely chap that Henry Cornish is. And it just yeah. <laughs> went, ah. <laughs> there's, there's lots of inferences about that he was jealous of Henry because he was stronger. He was not an elitist. He was not, he was not of upper, you know, cl- he was not upper class or anything like that. But he worked hard. He was very confident. He didn't tolerate any shit. I don't know if he was a particularly nice person. However, he was stronger than him. He bested him in the weightlifting. Yeah. He was taller, I think, as well. He was tall athletic mm, yeah yeah people like yeah. the cut of him there's a couple of inferences as well that which i don't think are founded that roland fancied him yeah, I'm and i think that's just people going like oh there was a gentleman's club yeah. mm-hmm. there must have been sexy sex probably not yeah, um, yeah it's just general macho bullshit bullshit yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> this is why you don't go to the gym <laughs> it leads to murder at least to murder and trapeze art <laughs> but to be fair the knickerbocker club does sound like a pretty fucking cool I mean yeah club. the smoking room the cocktail bar I'll go with that yeah and restaurant and a, and a big old pool yeah. and sauna steam and all of that stuff and like loads of wrestling wrestling nice viewing wrestling. gallery <laughs> gallery with the cocktail bar and the wrestling oh I do declare <laughs> my my <laughs> mustachioed men lifting weights I mean it sounds amazing all on <laughs> penny farthings and unicycles going around the place <laughs> the thing is I wouldn't have been allowed in this is true I wouldn't have been allowed in you'd have been there yeah. writing me texts <laughs> with a quill with a quill <laughs> throwing pigeon out the window <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You didn't need to use a quill. They were like, we have pens. <laughs> no, no, no. She likes quills. No, no, quill. no, she likes quills. <laughs> she's, she's mad. <laughs> but what do you think, people? What do you know about this case? What are your theories and your thoughts? There's all sorts of delicious, juicy gossip about this family that have been speculated by many writers over the decades, really. And do you love a legal landmark ruling? How do you feel about that? Does that make you excited? <laughs> I think it's cool. 
jump on the comments of the social media where you listen to this episode. Tell us your thoughts, DM us, share your thoughts with friends and family down the pub. But most importantly, you should mix up a Knickerbocker. Knickerbocker. Yeah, I mean, we've had two. Mm. We liked it so much. We've had two. So yeah, so the rest of it will be out this evening. If you don't have raspberry syrup, it's real easy to make. Mm. Just some raspberries in a saucepan with a bit of sugar. So if we'll put the recipe out. Give it a go. If you don't have the raspberry syrup, but you do have some chambord and you want to make it a party. Chambord, absolutely. Yeah, that could work as well. Black it's a good raspberry thing. liqueur and the bottle looks like the holy hand grenade. Oh, it is the holy hand grenade. It is absolutely. the holy hand grenade. So you must get some. It's very cheap. I wish we had discovered it earlier in the year. It's a good summery drink. Yeah. I, I could see you sitting, sitting in a garden. On the veranda. On the veranda with a knickerbocker. Some crushed <laughs> ice and some loveliness. Coming into autumn now, I'm feeling more oomphy. I know we've had that. All, sort of. We've had that all summer. Yeah, I know because <laughs> I was lacking summer. the lovely summery drinks. <laughs> but this is okay because sometimes you need a break in the autumn. This is true. And there's a lot of nice autumnal flavors in there: <laughs> rum and triple rum sec and, and, rum and raspberry. Raspberry, that famously autumnal raspberry. It is yes, the autumnal raspberries. If you find them, they're delicious. <laughs> Mix one up. Post your pictures of whatever cocktails you are drinking on social media and send them to us. If you are so inclined, if you want to hear more from the Poisonous Cabinet, please join us on Patreon. As we said, we're taking a break next week just to get everything ready for spooky season. And with spooky season coming up, make sure you're sending us more suggestions of spookier stories that we could cover. Something dark, something delicious, anything that takes your fancy. Please leave us a review on Apple iTunes if you can or wherever you listen to your podcast. It really, really helps our ranking and we so appreciate everyone who can leave us a review and everyone who has joined us of late. Thanks for listening, guys. We have been the people inside the Poisoner's Cabinet. We will see you in a couple of weeks. And remember, your loved ones are trying to kill you. Bye.